Empower Radio presents Out of the Fog. Join intuitive guide and spiritual teacher Karen Hager for lively, positive conversation with lightworkers, healers, and dynamic wisdom keepers. Get ready for inspiration and connection. This is Out of the Fog on Empower Radio. Here's your host, Karen Hager. Hello and welcome to Out of the Fog. I'm Karen Hager. Each week at this time, we gather for spiritual conversation with enlightening guests, and I'm glad you're here. So how busy are you? Are you overwhelmed? Yeah, me too. Well, Adita Lang is here. She's got practical, sane tools to help turn healthy practices into lifelong rituals that will get us in touch with our health and happiness. Adita believes that when we tap into our superpowers, we can make each day better than ever. Are you ready to meet her? Adita Lang is the author of Superpowers, a busy woman's guide to health and happiness. She's a speaker and a mother of two. Adita holds a BS in holistic nutrition, is a level three holistic lifestyle coach through the Czech Institute, and she has many other accreditations. She's a faculty member for the International Sports Conditioning Association and wellness director for Fierce for Fitness. Adidas trained thousands of fitness professionals worldwide, and she speaks at schools, Fortune 500 companies, and private organizations on the benefits of quality food, longevity, and amazing health. You can find out more about Adita and her work at aditalang.com. Adita, welcome to Out of the Fog. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. Well, I'm glad you're here. So your book is very colorful, very practical, and the passion that you bring to this just leaps right off the page. So what kindled that passion? How did you get into all this? Let's see. I got into fitness before fitness was even, it was just a thought process. Let me put it to you that way, because I started teaching group exercise classes in a pseudo gym that had concrete floors and I had no shoes on <laughs> um, because we didn't know better. And, and we used records, an actual LP record player would play our records and then we'd go and we'd flip the record or put on a different record on. on. And so that is how I started. Um, I kind of got into fitness because my mom and I had some challenges and one of her friends said, oh, why don't you guys go take an aerobics class together? And that'll be a good bonding situation. And unfortunately, her and I didn't really bond from it, but I fell in love with the whole fitness concept. And so I just, I jumped in with both feet and I was 16 years old. And I remember the ladies from the studio, they said to me, you know, you're really young. And I don't know if these older women are going to gravitate towards you. So what we're going to do is we're going to like, let you try it out. But, you know, we're not promising that you're going to get a job. And I was like, okay, fine. Let me just, you know, try. And I got in there and I just loved it. And I had so much fun and everybody had fun. And it just kind of, you know, skyrocketed from there. So fitness has, you know, definitely been my passion the whole time. There's been a lot of changes. I remember LP records and phones that were on the wall and you could only walk so far away from the phone. I remember those days. There's been a lot of changes in the 30 years you've been working in the industry. What are some of the biggest changes? And I know from what I've seen, the way we think about our bodies and taking care of our bodies and how we do that holistically has completely changed. Oh, absolutely. You know, listen, there's so much more research on what we need to do to truly make our bodies healthier and happier and stronger. Um, so the research is now there, solid, um, but it's about us kind of changing our groove and really getting into it. I think one of the things that impacted me the most is that when I was younger, back in those days, I would tell people, look, you've got to work out for three to, you know, three to four days a week for 60 minutes. 
And when they'd come back to me and they'd say, oh, man, you know what? I only got in like, you know, 32 minutes. I would be like, oh, you didn't do what you needed to do. But unfortunately, because of people like me, they stopped working out because they were like, I don't have 60 minutes. So I'm just not going to do it. And now the research has come out and says, whoa, hold on a second. You need 150 to 300 minutes of activity per week. And that's really not a huge number. And they said that the 150 is for the novice exerciser, 300 for the more advanced. It does not need to be consecutive. And their defining activity is anything that increases your heart rate and makes you sweat. So that means cleaning the house does that. And so does gardening. And so does, you know, building something for the house or, or, you know, outside or, you know, running around with your kids in the playground. All of that counts. And then the fact that it doesn't have to be consecutive means that nowadays I tell my clients, look, why don't you just do me a favor? Just do squats and lunges while you're brushing your teeth. And then later on during lunchtime, you know, walk one lap, you know, around the block. And then, you know, just throw in these bits of activities throughout the day. And then by the time it's done, you'll be like, oh, okay, I got all my minutes in. This is great. So I think it's a, it's a lot more liberating when you look at it that way, because too many people literally just gave up working out. I still meet with new clients all the time that look at me and they're like, I'm sorry, but I have no time to work out and I'm overweight and I don't know what to do. And it, I'm like, no, 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 it does not have to be this complicated. We can just throw in little activities. I go, you have a dog? Awesome. You're going to walk your dog for 15 minutes every day. And, you know, do you, do you do this? Do you do that? And we start throwing in these things. And then all of a sudden they're like, wow, I didn't realize, okay, I think I can do this activity thing because I don't, I'm not stuck going to the gym and I'm not stuck going to like, you know, a very specific regimented exercise program. And so that's been super liberating, I think, for a lot of people. And in this new book, which is called Superpowers, The Busy Woman's Guide to Health and Happiness, in this new book, you talk about these superpowers, even though we are maybe running around the block with the dog and trying to pick up after the kids and getting laundry in and out of the washer and the dryer, it almost feels like it doesn't help us really because we're frantic. We're chasing time. We feel like we're not doing enough. So what's a superpower and how can we engage them? Well, I think first off, we have to start taking care of ourselves. You know, and, and I think that's a big trend that's been coming around, all, all this about self-love and self-care. And it has so much merit because the reality is, is if, if we are not doing our very best, it's really difficult for us to try to motivate and inspire others around us. And I think a lot of people, I call it the hamster wheel of life, that you do the same thing every single day over and over. And you think you're inspiring and encouraging other people. But what if you could do it better if you were actually taking really good care of yourself? first. So that is one of the, the main things that I try to get through to my people is that you've got to take care of yourself and you've got to feed yourself good foods because you're super busy and you're doing all these things that if you start, if you're feeding yourself junk food and surviving on diet Coke, you're actually slowing down your thought process. You're not as creative as you think you are. You're not, you don't have as much energy in the day as you think you should have. And all of that's coming from your food. So, you know, food is fuel. And to me, I always say, look, I'm like a Maserati and I'm not going to give cheap gasoline to the Maserati because it won't drive well within a week. <laughs> so I do the same thing with my body. I treat it, you know, I'm a fine tuned engine. And so I've got to treat it a certain way so that I can get away with doing all the stuff that I do during the day without that slowing me down. I meet too many people that are like, oh, man, you know, I've got the two kids and I have this job and I do all these things. And you look at them and even their face looks exhausted. But then when you look at their face, you're like, wait a minute, but you're not feeding the fine tuned engine. 
you're feeding the Pinto. Do you remember what a Pinto was? Oh, I remember Pintos. They exploded when you <laughs> drove into the back of them. Yes, I do. <laughs> yes, exactly. The pin- so, so, I mean, half the time when you're giving yourself junk food, you're feeding yourself with the, like it's a, like a cheap rundown car. And that's not what we are. So we got to make sure that we're feeding ourselves right. You know, in the book, I talk about the four pillars of health. So we got food and nutrition, exercise and movement, sleep and relaxation and happiness. And combined, that creates a very healthy and strong individual who can, yes, leap tall buildings in a single bound and do the 20 things that we have to do, but yet feel pretty good about it in the afternoon without feeling like we've been run over by a truck. So those four pillars of health are important. What if, hypothetically, you met someone, hypothetically, during a radio interview, for example, who was doing really great with a couple of those pillars, like happiness and joy, and a little bit with movement, but was not doing so great with the food and the sleep. What's a way to bring those into balance? Because I'm understanding you to say that it doesn't get really super until you balance everything, until you're putting attention in all those all those places. Yeah. So, you know, and, and the thing is, is that every one of those four pillars is completely interrelated. And And let me throw something at you first before I answer that question, is that I look at clients all the time and I'm like, what if I could make you feel better? And they look at me and they're like, no, look, I went to my doctor. My doctor says I have perfect health. You know, I feel really good. I get a little sleepy in the afternoon, but it's no big deal. But I feel good and I get my work done and I'm having fun with my kids. And I'm like, yeah, but what if I could make you feel better? And that's such a weird concept because it's not a tangible item. You can't see it or touch it. And in your mind, you're like, but I feel great. Like, how can there be better than this? I'm healthy. My doctor says I'm healthy and I'm doing great. But I'm like, what if you can feel better? And so that I throw out there with that because something, for example, as sleep, you want to basically wake up in the morning where you're like, ah, yeah, you know what? I can get up now. Okay, it's time to get up. As opposed to, oh my God, somebody get me out of this bed. Let me see if I can hit the snooze button four (laughs) more times. I don't think I can handle it. That part of it, if that's going on, you're not getting sufficient sleep in your sleep cycles. So we have, I don't know, six or seven sleep cycles that they're about 75 minutes each. And if you have a fit, like a Fitbit or one of these fit watches, you can actually look at your sleep cycles because the charts get printed up. And I find that fascinating to me. That's been the easiest way for me to convey this message to a lot of my clients. So, you know, you want those big, thick sleep cycles of 75 minutes. But here's the thing is your room should be colder than usual. That helps us get into a deep sleep. And every single light or LED light or any kind of light in your bedroom should not be there. So the little tiniest, tiniest of LED lights, even though we look at it, we're going, oh, that's really small. That's not going to bother us. But here's the thing is if you close your eyes and I flash a flashlight on your face, you're going to actually see the light go through your eyelid. And so the minute we are sleeping really good, we're in the middle of a sleep cycle, and we turn around and one of those little lights beams us in the eye. We don't fully awake. But we start to, so we get out of the sleep cycle. And then all of a sudden, we start to fall back into the sleep cycle. So we had a disrupted sleep cycle, and now we got to start a new sleep cycle. So in theory, maybe that sleep cycle was 10 minutes, and now we're starting a new one. And so then we have these short sleep cycles, and then we wake up going, oh, God, I can't handle this. I don't know what's going on. So that is so important. And the thing is, too, is that we basically physically recover between 10 p.m. and 2 a.m. And from 2 a.m. to 6 a.m., we are mentally recovering. So it's, it's valuable time for us. 
And, and they say that if you hit the snooze button, you actually hamper your mental clarity for up to four hours in the morning. So it co- goes back to what if I could make you feel better? So that part of it is really, really important. I even have clients sometimes that come to me and they like, you know, listen, I eat really well. I'm exercising super good, but I can't lose weight. And then when I start delving into it, it's because they're not sleeping correctly because they're not allowing their body to recover correctly from that exercise and activity that they're doing in their day. So it all, you know, goes right there hand in hand. And then when it comes to the food piece, it's kind of like I said earlier, food is fuel. So one of the challenges that I see that's probably the the most popular is that people don't recognize really what sugars are because sugars aren't just sugar. It's sugar, flour, dairy, and alcohol. And all of those things, our body treats as a sugar. So unfortunately, sugar is addictive. And when we have too much sugar, it's stored as fat. So even though the cracker could be multi-grain, sprouted, organic, and blessed by the Pope, (laughs) it's still flour. And so your body's going to treat it as a sugar. And even though that cracker has zero grams of fat, your body has the right to store it as fat. So that's where I see the people go awry. You are listening to Out of the Fog with Karen Hager. My guest is Adita Lang. Her new book is Superpowers, The Busy Woman's Guide to Health and Happiness. And you can catch up with Adita and find out more about her work at aditalang.com. In the book, you have a really good um, chart and some information about how to read a food label. I was surprised when I started to look at my own sugar intake, which is shocking and astronomical and probably could be the topic of a documentary. But anyway, when I started to look at my sugar intake, I found sugar in everything, not just the things I thought were sweet. It's in everything. So can you help us understand how to read a food label and what are some of the things we should be looking for as we want to release those sugars? Okay, well, there's, there's a couple of things. One of the primary things is remember that food manufacturers work very, very hard to, to be able to put some fancy words on the outside of the package, like light, um, low fat, natural, all these kind of things. So one of the things they first play with is they play with your portion size so that they can make it appear like it has a few calories. So I was at a client's house the other day, and her cereal is 120 calories for a quarter cup. Well, there's no adult that I know that's going to eat a quarter cup of cereal. No. And I told my client, the first thing I did, I said, do me a favor, just pour out your regular bowl of cereal before I even told her the thing about the quarter cup. And she pulls it out and she is basically having one full cup and one quarter cup of cereal every morning. And I said, okay, now you need to add that up. That's how much calories you're taking in. So that's the first thing is always be very clear as to the serving size compared to the calories. The other thing is, is remember that sugar is sugar, flour, dairy, and alcohol. So for most packaged products, when you have the total carbohydrates in your head, you have to go, that's the total sugars. Even though underneath it'll say total carbohydrates, let's say it'll say 20 grams for total carbohydrates. And under that, it'll say two grams for fiber and five for sugar. Well, that five for sugar is actually table sugar. But the total carbohydrates, when you look at it, you got to realize that's how my body is going to treat it all as a sugar. So you got to say, oh, my God, it's 20 grams of sugars because that's how my body's going to take it, register it. And so that is super important to understand. And then if you were 
looking at a product and says, let's just say it's a bar, one of these food bars that someone's going to eat, okay? Ideally, in a perfect world, you need to balance out your carbohydrates. And when I talk about carbohydrates, it's fruits, vegetables, and unrefined grains. And then your good quality proteins, which could be animal proteins or raw nuts and seeds um, or quinoa um, or eggs or all that kind of stuff, um, and then good quality fats. So when you're looking at a food label, let's say the label said total carbohydrates 20, and then it said protein 3. Well, that's not enough to balance out your energy. That's basically all sugar and very little protein. So in a perfect world, that would have something that it would say 20 grams of carbohydrates, for example, and maybe 20 grams of protein or 19 grams of protein. That would be something that would stabilize your energy better. Does that make sense? It does. And it's, it, it makes it kind of, it makes it baffling. And what I like about what you're saying is that it brings the power for this back to us. I can't say anymore, I'm going to have this package thing because it's in the package and it says it's okay. It brings the power back to me to know what I'm doing, take responsibility for what I'm eating, enjoying it as I'm eating it, and then right integrating that into the rest of my life. Yeah. You know, and, and one, one thing is too, is um, I, I, I'm, I'm, my whole goal is to make eating and exercise and everything really pretty simple because we've really complicated it. So I'm not trying to say that I'm going to take away all of your sugars, but I am asking you for every meal and snack, you want to have zero to one sugar. So a client that I had the other day had coffee with cream and sugar, toast, jam, and juice. And I looked at him, I said, okay, that's all sugar. Now you got to choose one, which one do you want to keep? And he looked at me and said, okay, you know what? I want, I, I do not want to give up my coffee, cream, and sugar. And I said, okay, fine. You can keep that. But now the rest of your breakfast needs to be protein and good quality fat. What are we going to have? And we ended up with eggs and avocado. And I was like, that's perfect. So that's what we want to do is, you know, and then someone else the other day said to me, oh, but I don't want to give up my wine at dinner. And I'm like, I'm not asking you to give up your wine, but I'm asking you don't drink your wine with bread and pasta. Have your wine with a piece of chicken and vegetables. You know, take the, because you're going to choose, if, if you're going to choose that wine as your sugar, then you, get, you can't have any more sugar in that meal. So then choose something else. And I think that makes it a little bit more doable for people so they don't feel like they've got to give everything up. You don't have to give it up. You just have to make better choices. That's all. Well, and because it's superpowers, it's not about deprivation powers. It's about, right, um, bringing yourself into balance, being happier, being healthier, not about complaining, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So we talked a little bit about food and it sounds like the sugar is the big, is one of the big things to watch. What about the vitamins and, and minerals we take? What about the supplements? What about how we try to balance ourselves by things other than food? Well, I'm not a big supplement person because ideally your body is going to absorb vitamins and minerals from your foods way before it absorbs it from a supplement. And so that's the thing that I try to instill in people is also for every meal and snack, you want to make sure you got some kind of fruit or vegetable in there. And I'm not picky which one it is. So, I, I, you know, there are some rules of thumb that say, oh, you can't have fruit with animal proteins. And as far as I'm concerned, as long as you're digesting it well, it's not making you feel gassy or bloated, then if you wanted to have cantaloupe with chicken, have cantaloupe with chicken. But if you start incorporating more fruits and vegetables with every meal and snack, all of a sudden there's your multivitamin. You've gotten it all. 
So that would be my first and foremost. Ideally, if you wanted to take supplements, you have your doctor do a full blood work and a vitamin profile and let you know what is it that you're not getting and not absorbing. And then that's how you supplement. But most people, you know, it's kind of like they're randomly choosing all of these supplements because someone told them this one and the chiropractor told them that one. And say so they start buying, they spend half their money on all that. And they just start taking this stuff randomly when I would have preferred that they spend that money on organic food. Mm. Well, and all those things interact with each other. When you go down the shelf at the store and you just are putting the supplements in your cart, each one of those has different interactions. And so oh, I sometimes yeah. connect with people who are wondering why they feel so bad. And when we look at it, I do my work intuitively. When we look at it intuitively, they're taking two things that just don't go together. Mm-hmm. But we don't know because we're not informed. We just take whatever somebody tells us to take. Of course. You know, one of the things with my book is I, it, and there's a lot of um, worksheets in the book for people to fill out. And I did that intentionally because to me, it's like we don't have our own instruction manual. And we are all very, very individual. We all metabolize foods differently. We respond to different exercises differently, the whole, the whole gamut. And so I wanted someone to be able to take the book and to write all over it so that they can figure out specifically what works for them, and then use that as their own personal guide. Now, I know we're just getting up to the end of our time. There's a lot of practical information in this book. There are exercises in the book with photos. There are charts. There are worksheets. How do you want the listeners listening today? What's the most important change that they could make? The most important practical thing someone sitting there right now could do to tap into their superpowers? Make sure you get some movement in, park your car further away. I mean, it sounded silly and people used to say that all the time, but you know what? It's a, it's a real statement. It's going to help you carry in your groceries, like make lift heavy things and then watch those sugars. If you watch your sugars and you drink plenty of water during the day, you're going to feel so much more energized and that's going to kick off your superpowers. Wonderful. Now, Adita, can you let us know how listeners can get in touch with you, find out more about your work, where they can find the book? Do a promote thing to let us know how to connect with you. Well, go to my website, aditalang.com, which is A-D-I-T-A-L-A-N-G.com. Everything is there, my book, my all of my social media. And of course, social media, I'm all over the place at aditalang.com. I love answering questions. So you could actually email me or message me on Facebook or Instagram anywhere with questions that you may have. And I will get back to you. I want my goal is to help you guys feel happier and healthier. And if there's something that I know that I can help you with, I'm going to give it to you. So please reach out to me. Adita, what's next for you? Are there, are there more books, classes? What's going on? Well, I have, I have a lot of online education classes, and one of them is called Nutritional Brilliance, and it was designed for parents to learn how to feed their children for growth and development, immune support, mental clarity, and focus. And so wow. I have a book that's coming out. The core, I, I kind of did it a little backwards. I did the course first, and the course has a manual that goes with it, but now I've done a full-fledged book that goes with that course as well. So that book should be coming out in the next two months. And um, then after that, we'll see. I love writing. So I'll, I'll keep writing at some, for about something or another. Well, and when you start your children young, you kind of, you can shape those, right? You can shape those eating patterns for, for life. I think that's brilliant. Oh, absolutely. Because you're creating the foundation of health. 
you know, most parents don't recognize that whatever they do with a three-year-old or a 10-year-old is their, literally their foundation of health for when they're 50. So we need to start them young. Adita, thank you very much for being on the show and sharing some of your superpowers with us. Thank you. Thank you for having me. This was awesome. That is Adita Lang. Her new book is Superpowers, The Busy Women's Guide to Health and Happiness. You can find out more about Adita and her work at aditalang.com. That's A-D-I-T-A-L-A-N-G.com. And of course, you're always welcome over at karenhager.com. That's a great place to find out about upcoming classes and events. And you can book a private session with me there if you are so inclined. That's at karenhager.com. And if you believe as I do, that when we put our collective intention on peace, on good, on change, that when we focus like that, that things actually do change, I invite you to check out openpeacefulheart.com. You'll find a lot of archived 15-minute guided meditations there, and you'll be invited to our free live 15-minute guided meditation call the first Sunday of every month, where we gather with people from all over the world to spend 15 minutes focusing on peace. There's no selling, there's no yelling, there's no politics, there's no disagreement, just you and me and people from all over the world putting our intention on change, on peace. When we do that, I believe that we can turn any tide. Get details about that at openpeacefulheart.com. And thank you for listening today. Together we are spreading a little more light in the world, and a little more light is always a good thing. Until next time, I'm wishing you peace. Peace.